0: Welcome to the Association Strong podcast, where we offer insight from both a seasoned association exec and an entrepreneur. I'm Dave Will. And I'm Tom Morrison.
1: Listen as we discuss and debate hot topics in the association community. Don't forget to subscribe and share us with your friends.
0: All right, Tom Morrison. And we've got yet another episode of this podcast um what do we call this again tom it's the business, business savvy. savvy why because associates have to be
1: business savvy to business. lead in the future
0: because uh it is i think what you and i uh you you and i are on this high horse about um working with associations to help them become more efficient which is a major major uh, philosophy of business right and right and, uh, Anyway, we're actually interestingly. I was just going to ask the question: Why, generally speaking, and, and I hesitated because this might be offensive, but why, generally speaking, do you think associations are, gosh, behind of industry behind industry when it comes to technology or even like best practices? Is 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 it fair to say like would it would a would a typical association executive agree to that, or is that just something? Kind of a behind-the-scenes conversation.
1: No, so we referred to this in the very first session when we talked about apathy and just the excitement, passion, emotion of being a part of an association, and everything in any company we know comes from the top down. If the top if the top is leading from a standpoint of innovation, uh, business savviness, member needs, um, then it drives down to down to the person that's on the phone with the member. And I've been a firm believer of, I've been preaching this since two thousand nine when I started actually pop. Um, blogging and then started speaking on it is that many associations are ran by baby boomer association executives and it's not their fault. This association was ran by a baby boomer and he was had the foresight to hire me because I had the talents and skills and had that futuristic look with technology, digitalness, everything about digital into the future. And I took this association and Did, moved did it you before. just
0: say digitalness?
1: Digitalness, man.
0: Hey, remember, last last I think last episode emotionability. Now we have yes. digitalness. Right. We,
1: we have our own concepts of language, Dave. My wives would say that all. The, when I say wives, I said wives because I've had three, right? So, <laughs> so, But getting back to the conversation is that many associations are led by association executives who don't, the world is moving faster than their brain can comprehend, faster than they can move. And they have to either change or they have to hire someone else who has those skills and, and mindsets that can do that.
0: So today's topic is about digital digitalness. It's, right. it's about it's about uh, the digital association economy. We've decided to discuss um, the, the, what I think is uh, probably COVID um, inspired is this massive transition to digital. And I think it's a really, really good thing that's come out of COVID nation is this idea of, of going of digitalness. But I, I, Tom, I think I disagree that I think what I hear you saying is the reason associations are technologically, and uh, the question I asked is it seems like from an industry trends, like best practices and efficiency and so on, associations seem to be a little bit behind the curve when it comes to how businesses are operating. And uh, you're kind of saying, well, it's because baby boomers are running it, running it. Not no, I'm,
1: no, no. I'm just saying it's because an, old, an older generation who has been around a non-technical environment for 30 years, and all of a sudden they're thrust into a changing world as today. I mean, I run as fast as any executive does into digital, but it's even it's even getting it's even getting a little bit fast. Where I'm, mean, I'm having, am learning every day. I have to run faster, and so I've, I've I've talked to many boards that you know they're just not into moving. They're like, we'll leave it to the younger guys to do that. And
0: I think here's here's where I disagree with you. I think there's a lot of businesses, uh, Mm -hmm. whether it's a small entrepreneurial run business or a larger corporation that are run by um, middle aged uh, people like us. Uh, Are you a baby boomer, Tom? I'm, I'm the last one. (laughs) <laughs> i'm bringing up I'm the rear x. i'm gen x but still like I, there's there, i have a lot of my peers uh baby boomer peers that are running businesses and and they're extremely savvy when it comes to trends and and uh best practices and technology and so on it's i i do not subscribe to that being the primary thing, why associations are behind. And, it, and I think this whole conversation is based on the premise that associations are are trail behind industry. And here's why I think associations trail behind industry. It's the structure. It's the committee driven decisions. It's the huge boards. It's the uh, uh, um, I, th- I think the, it's, it's, uh, it's taking the ownership and the power away from the leadership of an association. I, that's my personal take. For me, I think it's the structure of the organization. It's also a cultural thing where I think oftentimes people that enter the, the association industry uh, are not coming from a capitalist perspective. And I think that it's a totally different um, thought process to come to the world from a capitalist perspective. And I say that with great admiration, capitalist. Um, I I come to capitalist, to me, a capitalist is somebody that's creating, somebody that, uh, an organization that is, or a philosophy that fosters in creating value. So anyway, that's my thought on that.
1: Well, here's what I don't want. Here's what I don't want you, and I don't want anybody listening to this to take 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 my comments wrong, I'm not saying that it's that the the associations ran by baby boomers are the issue. I'm just saying that for 30 years, they've not had to deal with technology in a large way, and now technology is becoming the way. We're actually becoming technology companies that run associations, and many don't have the the aptitude to move into that. I mean, you don't see many associations ran by young by by millennials or younger uh, gen Xers that have this issue jumping into making technology shifts. I'm just yeah. saying, I'm saying that associations that are controlled by older board, middle, old, middle aged, to older board members. most of them. Right. And then, yeah. and then if you have an executive who's either intimidated by the technology shifts or, Hey, I don't want to hire the guy that can take us and put us in that place because he'll make me look bad because he's going to look smart to everybody and I'm not. So I think all those things are just intangibles in the mindset that are slowing the process and progress. I literally, if you were to talk to my board member and say, so tell me about how Tom's got you on the technology age. They would tell you that Tom has dragged us kicking and screaming. He's presented the story in a way that says, you know what? I just just got off doing a a, a video, a promo video for our virtual conference in nine days. And here's what I told people. If you refuse to come to this conference in nine days, in this area of COVID where it's magnified the weaknesses of every company and what you need, if you do not come to this conference because it has a lot of the answers, it's like driving in a high-speed chase down the highway in the dark with no lights on. You don't wanna do that. And so coming to the conference is gonna unpack and turn the lights brightness on so you can see exactly where you need to go in the future. I think that's what associations need to do in this moment with COVID. They need to turn the lights on and they need to realize the digital age is right there. It's no longer out in the future, it's here in our face. And if we choose to not take the steps to move into it, we're gonna be behind the eight ball in five years.
0: So we're, we're, that is the topic for today: is talking about this this um, digital uh, economy, that, and not just for associations. I mean, you look around all around the world. I mean, associations are getting wrapped up into it. But this this whole COVID thing, and the most obvious example of this is how organizations are realizing that virtual work is not that hard. It's not that. Uh, it's not going to blow up your organization, but people can actually work effectively and productively from home. For some, it was a mental shift, and for, for many, it was a little bit of a technological and cultural shift, too. Mm-hmm. But it, look at, and I'm not talking about just associations, but look across the the world in terms of how organizations are being run right now and many many organizations are questioning whether they need uh, facilities as big as what they had before where a lot of people are actually enjoying this idea of working from home right
1: yeah i think there's a challenge in work from home i think i think right now everybody is working hard at home because they don't want to lose their job they have something on the line i, I mean I've, I've had some experiences with people working from and home because we have to like there's, right.
0: there's, you can't go into an office in many cases.
1: But here's the case. Here's the thing. When business is good and your job's not really at risk, you then have to be self-motivated to have the systems and processes at home for you to be able to work effectively. And most people, in my experience, do not have that. There's no training. They teach you how to train remotely, but there's certain things you need to have up here. When you get up every day, you have to be disciplined that, I want to get up, I want to check in with my team members so they they know I'm here and I'm ready for them.
0: I think it's really unfortunate for the younger generation. I'm talking generally speaking people in their 20s that are working from home because a huge part of working from an office is engaging and interacting in person with mentors and people that you can learn from, right? right. You and I are both at a stage in our career where we're learning from our clients. We're we're, we're uh but I don't miss so much going out to happy hour with my peers or with uh, a mentor. To me, I want to spend that time with my family. Sure. And, And so I do not miss That time, nor, and also I have a commute that I'm not missing either. Whereas when you're young and living in the city, you go right from your office 15 minutes to your apartment or 15 minutes to the bar. And like, I think there's all that interaction, unfortunately, the younger generation is missing out on, like the young work environment.
1: I was always jealous of my friends in Orlando, Florida, who office was downtown. They lived in a condo downtown and they had no car. And they could live, work, and play within a
0: 15 minute walk. I'm like, I would love that. And now they're just sitting in their small apartments with their roommates. Yeah. (laughs) And that sucks. Like that, I would not want to be a 25 year old in my first job or second job out of college trying to make a career working from home. That's tough. (laughs)
1: Well, before, before we move in, we'll, we'll jump into the association space. So I want to kind of end this note on this. So people don't, I really believe in a remote workplace. I think it's incredible for all the reasons you said, but a smaller we're a small association for people and a small associations, you, not everybody is, um, knows everything. So everybody's pretty specific to what they know. So that's why I say when you're working from a remote place, it's just important that you have it, that you're accessible and on a timely basis back to your team members when they need you so that you can keep your association operations running pretty fluent. When you're a larger association, you might have three people in a a department, and one of the three knows the answer, and one of the three is always accessible. But for the smaller associations, if someone's kind of missing an action for a little bit, it can kind of interrupt, you know, I'm I'm working on this project right now. I don't need to put it on the bottom of the stack. I need you to get back with me within a reasonable time. That's all I'm saying. Remote work just adds new challenges because now you're relying on people. Totally agree. Yep. with no accountability to work and strive on their own
0: lots of challenges social yeah yeah lot i mean the, the uh, invading family time uh invading work time you know there right. yeah, lots of challenges but i'm to be honest for me i'm really glad that it's becoming more mainstream and more accepted i think it's a it's a really healthy thing for us as right. a whole. let's let's talk about travel because travel is something that has has uh been eliminated. And as a result, we're seeing a lot more Zoom. In fact, like too much Zoom. It's it's mm-hmm. exhausting. Um, but what's kind of nice is where we've throttled so far back on travel, man, it's like kind of uh, forced us into um, accepting what you and I are doing right now on the Zoom call. It's accepting this as a standard do you know how many people i would have uh zoom calls with prior to covid how many which i guess we can call bc before COVID. right bc how many people I had a zoom call with and they didn't want to show their video like it's just like yeah i you know yeah. i don't want to show my video right now even if they're in the office it has nothing to do with not showering
1: my hair looks like this <laughs> no they're, they're at their
0: office you know the hair yeah. looks fine they people right. in the office can see them but they don't want to show their video for whatever reason now right. It's incredibly unusual, right. very unusual for me to get in a Zoom call with somebody whose video is off. It's right. awesome. It's, it's like now it's just like, hey, we're meeting and you don't have to dress up. You can go to a meeting in a t-shirt and it's okay. Right.
1: Yeah. It's all right. It's, it's personalized the digital experience way.
0: Yes. That's a great it. way of putting it. Personal. Yeah. So what, what, what do you think are some other trends we're seeing in the digital association economy? I got a couple, but I, I don't want to dominate this conversation.
1: Well, for, for me, I just think it's about providing content, information, data, and connection in a way that your members can exist without you being in the middle of it on a human basis. You know, many people, I, you look at websites today, many associations still have a fairly stagnant website. People have to call them to actually get stuff. And me, for me... To, move, to take that first step in a digital association, you need to look at your website and say, what do our members need that they don't need to call us for? Let's take the transactional conversations out of the mix so we can have more human, emotional-based conversations on our value with members and talk about issues. So that's the, to me, that's step one is your, your website. That's I had a guy a guy do a great presentation one time to our members. He put up two employees. One was really cool dressed. The other one had a dirty t-shirt, a pair of jeans, the holes in it, it says, and his hair was all out of whack. He says, now this is your employees when you're customers walk in your office, in your lobby, and that's the employee. Which one are you going to want representing them? They said, well, they got the clean cut the clean cut person. He said, well, I've gone on some of your websites and your websites who are the first person that your customers see in your prospects, and they look like the dirty employee. And he made a big point that everybody doesn't look at their website as the employee, the first level of impression. So to me, that's the first thing you need to do to get into the digital age is make sure your website connects and almost becomes a distributor for you of information so that your people don't have to go calling for you for that stuff. Step two is then how can you connect in? Another level is how are you going to do you have a video strategy? To me, you got to have a video strategy of connecting in with your members through highlight videos, weekly videos, even doing this, just doing 15 minute podcast to your members on what's going on in the association. So I think that those are initial steps that you can easily get into the digital age and it doesn't cost you a normal leg to do that.
0: So the website thing, that's interesting. I mean, that's to me, I, I, th- I think that's one, one of the good things about you and me doing these talks is we rarely agree on things. We always, I mean, we're generally speaking, and con- we're directionally consistent we can say that, but uh, you and I, have, like I agree the website is an important um face to an organization but it's really one piece of a bigger picture and that bigger picture is how are we engaging how are we interacting with the outside world and it goes well beyond just the website it goes into the transactions and the relationships with your members and non-members and your your sponsors and and your board and so on and here's one little example hmm the process to renew your membership often and times is archaic mm-hmm. and it's it's, it's surpri- i mean think about the way you can order something on amazon now not to compare renewing your membership with ordering something on amazon but why not like what wh- why tom i never understood this why is it that so many associations don't have auto renew set up
1: yeah you know, there's been some there's been some talk on collaborate there's a lot of people that don't like auto renew because they don't like want members
0: be, yeah they, so, they, so don't sign up for it
1: i know but i think i think there's there's that element um people feel yeah, like that's
0: control. i no, i call that i'm gonna call you out on that one there's that element is up to the member right a no, lot I, of associations I, don't even offer it and the only explanation i've heard is oh our ams doesn't do that yet which to me just blows my mind
1: I think I think that is a key to it, but I still think that there's a group of people out there that don't like to be told that you're going to renew without giving me the value proposition. That's fine.
0: Uncheck the box. Right. Uncheck the box, but you know what? I'm one of these people that are like, look, I'm a lifer. I'm in this, I'll, right. I'll pay my $285 forever because I'm I'm not going anywhere. I'm, I'm considering myself a lifer in this industry. I don't want to deal with the membership. Like I do that with AAA, which is an archaic sort of, you know, automobile, my boat US membership. I do that with a lot of these memberships that I know I'm just going to continue to do anyway. I don't want right. to have to think about it every year. So like that's a member decision. Why aren't the associations offering auto renew? And the only answer I've heard that makes any sense is our AMS doesn't do it, which again, doesn't make any sense to me. Let's, let's talk about that for a second. AMS's. There seems to be a massive trend. I mean, AMSs. A lot of these AMSs were started in the '80s Mm -hmm. and uh, or, or '90s. And they, have, they haven't changed much in terms of the way they're doing things. Now Salesforce is coming, becoming more of a standard. And there's like lots of conversation about that where you have Funtiva and Nimble that are, are utilizing the Salesforce platform. And then a lot of people are going direct with the Salesforce. But Salesforce is one of these really progressive platforms. It's just mm-hmm. not designed for associations. That's where you get Funtiva and Nimble, Right. right. But let, let's let look at, and I'm not going to name any names, because I have a lot of friends in the AMS space, and I'm not going to call any of them out. But I will say this, integrations in the past with whatever app, platform, whether it's an LMS, AMS, CMS, uh, marketing app, uh, uh, platform, no matter what the platform is, mm-hmm. this concept of an integration has always been an instant headache for people because integrations have cost tons of money I love this this phrase you got a provision You know what provision, have you ever heard that phrase? We need to provision our platform. All it means is we need to send you a giant invoice and we need to tweak things and write some custom code to make an integration happen. It's ridiculous. Right. You look at a lot of the technologies today an integration should be incredibly simple. We have Zapier out there, which is this third party middleware you have um, uh, if this, then that is a consumer level middleware where you can set up these integrations between different things on your iPhone and other systems. And so, and I'm starting to see a lot of the newer technologies and this is where I'm going to brag a little bit, like Prop fuel, where we have a ton of integrations with AMSs where it's simply an ID and a password. It's now like this. the two systems are talking through the API. You're it's- taking
1: this, here's my integration. I'm just going to plug it
0: in. He's holding a little wire. He's holding a wire and you plug my it in. Yeah. Cord.
1: It's my power cord. I'm going to plug this in. It's just going to be my integration. That's how easy it needs to be. It's because,
0: and, and it's true, for in most cases, that integration really should be that simple because when a platform is built in in modern language, when a platform is built, it's built with a bunch of standard... Uh, uh, triggers or a standard uh, call for action which is called an API and that standard call of action now you, you put that out in the internet and somebody can build a standard call to request information and send information back and forth to that through that API and that's what prop fuel has done so and among many many other platforms um I'd, there's a um uh, there's this new concept in the, so in the AMS space where you're, they're focusing on uh, a uh, standard, like, gosh, I wish I could remember the language. Uh, Jeff Horn and, and the team over at uh, Wicket have created this member, I think it's called a member database and it doesn't do a lot of the functionality of an AMS. His philosophy though is he's opened up the walls to all these specialty application right. so now you have right. this member database and then you plug in all these great best of breed platforms into it and because the integrations are so
1: well easy. that is that's really key in today's world because the problem with many ams's in the past is they've tried to be all things to all people and do a yeah. lot of things that they're not experts in whereas what i think what jeff's coming to the market with say look we're gonna be the best data manager of your systems And if you want to plug in an event registration that you really love in it, here's the plug. If you want to plug in a LMS, here's the plug. Mm -hmm. I think that's a smart tack.
0: I mean, you know, small associations. are dependent on these easy, easy integrations, which I'll tell you what, if if you've got a platform that doesn't have offer, doesn't even have an API, run away, run away from that and just get with a platform that is, and I know that's easy for me to say transitioning from one AMS to another is an absolute nightmare and i know that's true but um
1: we've jumped ship three times in 10 years and always gone back to our ams because we we figured out that the ams that we had had less problems than every other ams that we switched to so but here here's what i want to get to why i mentioned the database day right off the bat because here's why most associations don't make change i'm about to do a strategic planning with a group where they're where we're gonna the one thing they want is a digital strategy the number one question everybody asks when they start looking at that is where do we start? Where do we start? What do we do? And, I, and, and they forget to ha- start with the low-lying fruit. So the low-lying fruit is make sure that your website, which is the number one thing people see on a daily basis, is digital and functional and transactional, where they can get access to value and benefits that they can improve their, whatever they do, whether you're a real estate agent, a doctor, or a manufacturing plant, where they can get information, where they can make good decisions based upon what they get from you. So that's kind of oh step man, one of my- I'm
0: already going to disagree with you there too. I think where you start isn't with actually doing anything to technology. So I think where you start, maybe this is implied. I don't know. Maybe you'll agree with this. I think where you start is you look at all of the touch points you you as an organization have with your stakeholders, mm-hmm. whether they're members, non-members, uh, partners, board. You look at all those touch points and you figure out. Where are we missing some touch points and where do we want to add in some touch points? Maybe even starts with a bigger vision of who you want to be. Like I think there's some, a lot of vision and, and um, process thought that needs to happen before you can identify what technology is the best way to do it. Like I think the website comes only after you have a clear vision of where you want to go and how you want to be interacting with people.
1: Right, but see, I think that overwhelms. A lot. I mean, if you're if you're if you're a yeah, you know it's overwhelming a, a huge association. You it's got, hard work. You got ten people that are going to oversee that, but if you've got your average association, which is ten less employees, and they you know they're trying to figure this out. To me, I just kind of look at easy steps with. Make sure you got the most dynamic website that does what you said, fits the members, your members needs. Then do you have a social media strategy? Because there's touch points there is LinkedIn, Facebook and and a YouTube channel. Those make sense for your association. Um, Do you have a private social community like a higher logic where you're giving your members a private area to go hang out and members only area? Some people, Facebook is all they need but I, I never trusted Facebook as being our prime social community. So we've had our own with higher logic for a decade. And our members have loved that It's helped them house documents that we don't have to download for them. They can get it themselves. So I think those are stepping stones and those are the touch points that most associations do have. And then you implement things like you have prop fuel to help you engage them in conversations to even further those touch points.
0: But if you're, if you're going to implement one of these tactics, mm-hmm, without an idea of uh of what it is you're trying to do better you're just kind of like playing with shiny toys like i I think you're you're kind of directionless um that's why i don't care how big you are if you're a one person organization get somebody in house to help you think through it talk to your board members get a couple volunteers but just my thought is it's got to start. What it, was it Einstein that said, give me a problem uh, or, or give, me, give me an hour to solve a problem. I'll spend 55 minutes thinking and five minutes solving. Like to me, the website, the, the platforms, that's the five minutes of solving. The 55 minutes there needs to be thought about what is really important to us and what's important to our members. And once you know that, then I think the solving of that problem becomes much easier.
1: No question. I'm t- you said the key word up front. And that's implied. If you're not doing that before you do this, because here's what I, when, when Facebook became on the scene and private social communities came on the scene, I asked the, I asked the number one question, what problem are we trying to solve? What value are we trying to create by implementing any of that technology? Which goes to what you're yeah. saying, asking I mean, the right that's question. That's what I'm saying. But yeah. here's the key, Dave. The reason I kind of start a little bit tactical is because when I, when I tell people, it's imperative that you have a video strategy for your association in the future if you're going to compete with your messaging and value in the future. And immediately someone says, A video strategy, man, that takes a production team to tens of thousands of dollars for video and stuff. And I take out videos that I've made with my iPhone for free and produce them on iMovie on my Mac and show them. And they're like, and all of a sudden they realize I could have a video production for less than 500 bucks. And that all of a sudden makes them excited to move into the what-if stage and the strategy because now they know it's actually affordable for them, especially a smaller association. Most people, when they think of some strategies, they're like, that's going to cost... 60 grand it's like no it's not it's
0: it's, it's a couple of thousand yeah, yeah you hire a consultant and then you get the whole board involved and all of a sudden you're looking at it yeah you're right if you think about it like that this whole strategic planning thing which was our last conversation now you're it's getting a little scary in terms of the girth of this project so listen where i think we're kind of run out of time i know we try mm-hmm. to keep these things to 30 minutes so so tell me what we don't have to get into a big discussion but what what there's one more thing i can think of right now that we have not talked about and that's the robbie kelman baxter philosophy of uh of a member the member economy you know the, the as opposed to this uh creating memberships and associations much like um god i hate this analogy but much like the netflix membership where people right. can subscribe to it and you keep providing them with value I, and i don't I, I i have a lot to learn about that philosophy
1: you know what? It's, 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 it's pretty easy, Dave. We're actually developing a direct mail piece right now where instead of going out to the, our, we have 590 companies in our industry. Half of them are members, half are not, which is pretty standard in any trade association. But we're going after the half very, very aggressively this next year. And here's how we're doing it. We've come up with our five-step business toolkit that almost every one of our members takes advantage of. And we're t- going out and saying, look, this is a $20,000 value. Now you can subscribe to it for $3.99 a month. I mean, three ninety nine dollars a quarter. You can subscribe yeah. to it. Instead of saying, and, and oh, by the way, part of that subscription, you get a free membership in the Metal Treating Institute. We're gonna test by changing the semantics because everybody's about subscribing. They subscribe to a ton of stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. my wife's got us subscribed to things. I'm like, what the heck? you know? But I mean, my goal is to go out and see if we can get the non-members to actually subscribe to the tangible benefits that benefit to them and then see if we can, and then we can use that in terms of membership.
0: So we usually wrap this up. I don't know if we did it last time. We usually wrap this up with uh, thoughts. What are, your, what are your thoughts on this topic of, of digital, uh, the digital association economy?
1: In most associations, there's always resistance to change. We wanna do it the same way we've always done it. And it's imperative that you have your team read books like this from Dan Stevens called Moving Your Association. I just read it from analog to digital. And then there's another great book here remote work and virtual meetings. We're going to virtual meetings. So you need to get your whole entire staff sold out to the direction of going to so- virtual meetings and, and digital concepts. And so I, I think you need to get your staff in that so they can, they can buy into it. So they're not resisting that change, but you got to move mm-hmm. into digital starting, today.
0: Right, starting here's, today. Here's my two cents in this thing. And it's a little less tangible than what you just said. It's, it's that, uh, it, I like this word frictionless The technology should make the interactions with your members and with your stakeholders less, uh, there should be less friction because of the technology. And there's, uh, um, technology is nowhere near as scary as it used to be. Right. Uh, However, uh, from my perspective, things do not start with technology. They start with people. And they start with uh, a philosophy and perspectives. They do not start with technology. It comes from how people do work, and then let's apply that and make it more efficient with technology. There's a, actually, I will mention a book. Um, Ari Meisel, M E I S E L, has a book on productivity. He's really, really focused on entrepreneurs, but he has this philosophy around optimize, automate, outsource. Optimize is about looking at a process making it as efficient as possible. Mm-hmm. Because you can't automate or outsource until you have a highly efficient documented process. Right. Then you can make the decision, if once you've got it optimized, you can make the decision of, is this something we want to automate with technology or do we wanna outsource it? Right. And the other option, of course, is you do it in a house. But mm-hmm. so I, I love that philosophy and that's where I'll end. I think everything starts with process.
1: So remember my key words. So your digitalness that we learned earlier, your digital digitalness <laughs> yeah. will help you be frictionless, which will then impact your emotion ability.
0: I think frictionless <laughs> is actually a word though.
1: Hey, digitalness is a word. In my book, it's a word.
0: Tom, this was fun for me at least. It's always I, fun it with me. Maybe for the five listeners, I think this will be fun. Five, five thousand. Five, five, five 500,000. Right. All right.
1: We're building Thanks, Tom. We'll catch Have you next good. time. We hope you gain some inspiration that will help you run an efficient and effective association just like a business and maybe laugh a little with us. If you have a topic you would like to hear us talk about or if you just want to reach out to us for any reason, you can contact us at Tom at Tommorson.biz or Dave at PropFuel.com.
0: Give us a review if you haven't already. And don't forget, subscribe and share with your friends.